one thing I appreciate about this church is the priority they put on families. How many else appreciate that? Oh, yeah. And so we wanted to introduce our family to you guys. We've been married for almost 11 years. Come on. We have four beautiful children. We brought a picture to show them. And so we've got a Blakely Madison, who is nine years old, Cooper Lynn, who is six. And then we have our Landry June, who is three and a half, going on 13. And then our fourth and final baby was Grayson Braveheart, who is a year and a half old. We got a boy. We got a boy. But it is a joy and an honor for us to be a part of your extended family out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So thank you guys for having us today. We're excited. If uh, if you need an anointing for patience, you, we, we got we can we can pray for you. No, I need more. <laughs> well, we I'm just saying we had three little girls. And it's like come on, we're just gonna keep going. Had brave. So if you need a boy, we can pray for that too. Or if you want a whole bunch of girls, we got that anointing. It's it's on us. So. I want to, uh, what's cool about this is, is I work for an organization called World Compassion, and, and that's what's amazing is you sponsor that, and we work in hostile countries. And, and, but what's neat is just like Church on the Hill is reaching this community, and we've got a, a service going on in Mansfield, and, and then the entire DFW, I mean the whole thing, just like that, there's churches around the world gathering today that are reaching their communities and, and, and going to reach their countries. And so I just want to show you just a quick little video, give you a little bit of an overview about what we do, and then we're going to get into the word today. Does that sound good? Let's go. For 50 years, World Compassion has reached nations restricted to the gospel. By equipping the local church in these environments, we continue to transform families, communities, and impact nations with the love of Jesus. Since the Islamic Revolution in 1979, Iran has been one of the most hostile nations to Christians on earth. In this highly restricted environment, World Compassion has smuggled over 109,000 Bibles into a nation that is starving for God's Word. World Compassion is now hosting leadership conferences to help this growing underground Christian community reach their nation. Myanmar is the fourth largest Buddhist nation in the world. To help reach these people with the gospel, we equip local churches by training them through our ABC discipleship and leadership material. In addition, we host an annual leadership conference for pastors and denominational leaders. Our objective is to refresh the local pastors and build a culture of unity in the body of Christ. Through our partnership with the local church in Myanmar to provide an orphanage for 53 children, we've seen that one of the greatest needs in this country is education. World Compassion is helping to build an education center that will reach over 200 students. Students and their families will be interacting with Christian staff who will build deeper relationships with them, providing an opportunity to share the gospel. Christians in China continue to face the worst persecution and religious restrictions they've seen in decades. With the church being forced to meet in smaller groups, the need for World Compassion's ABC discipleship training materials to develop house church leaders is greater than ever. We also offer China mission school training to empower missionaries to be sent out to unreached people groups throughout Asia and the Middle East. Despite widespread poverty and oppression caused by the tight restrictions of the communist government, the church in Cuba is strong. World Compassion is partnering with several pastors to help plant churches by expanding homes so that more Christians can meet together and be discipled. Our work in Iraq since 2003 has brought hope to a country that has been ravaged by war. Through the local church, we've provided food, medicine, skills training, and other basic necessities to show these women and their families that God has not forgotten them. We also continue to help plant churches in Iraq, like the one in the city of Salamania. 
we have partnered with an incredible pastor who has faced ongoing persecution and even had his wife and children taken away from him because of his faith in Jesus. People are flocking to the church to hear the gospel message and be discipled in the truth. Whether it's starting a school in Myanmar or planting churches in Iraq and Cuba, each World Compassion Project is designed to help empower the local church to reach their nation for Jesus. We've seen God's hand at work for the past 50 years and are excited for what is ahead. Thank you for standing with us. Let's go. So here's kind of where I want to go today, because each of those, are, are, there's a million stories here, and I'm, I'm going to share a few of them with you. But if you're, if you're taking notes this morning, and obviously we encourage that, you, you catch the Pastor Adam anointing from this stage all the time. So, so you get, I, I, I even sprayed a little bit of his cologne on in the green room, so I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling extra crazy and energetic, and it'll be good. I'll, I'll jump off the stage here in a minute. But what, what an amazing house that's been built here. But where I want to go today, and, and I think you know this, but if I can just kind of come from, from, from outside of these walls just for a minute and tell you that it's your time, period. Drop the mic, walk off the stage. We're the church right now. And I understand that the, the big C church, and, and that's what we get to see, and it's, it's pretty powerful to get to see them in huts and, and get to see them in coliseums and, and, and meeting in little houses that they've rented just for that moment, knowing the police could raid them at any time. And then to get to be with, with us right here, the church, right here in Cedar Hill, Texas. And, and I, I just got to let you know that it's your time. And I think sometimes what we do, maybe accidentally, is, is we almost forget that the world is watching. Molly was just up here, my favorite person in the whole world. And we were in Canada earlier this year, spoke at a church and, and had a little bit of time and in between times, we're in Calgary. She's loving this. She did not know this is where we we're going to start the service today. But uh, we were we were going to just we we're kind of looking around Calgary. It's a beautiful city, and and we came to a street, and there was another place that was obvious where you could cross. But I was feeling adventurous. She's feeling adventurous. We're on a trip, and I said, "What if we just cross the street right here and get crazy, right?" For my crazy people out there. And so so we're, we we just said right here, we're living in the moment, Molly. And starts across the street, and she's all giggly, and, and she's looking beautiful, and we get about halfway across the street, and I can't explain it, but one foot didn't quite coordinate with the other foot, and she's real athletic, and so it's kind of a, and I thought she was going to catch herself, so I didn't even reach out to help. I just thought, she's such a good athlete, I know she'll bounce out of this, and wouldn't you know it, face first, middle of the road, in Calgary, kind of scorpions, you know, the feet kind of come up behind, and just kind of face and rolls, and, and I was just like, oh, oh, and I was so shocked, I, I started giggling, and I, I didn't know what else to do, and, and then she's kind of looking at me, and she's a little bit bloody, and, and it's not the first time she's fallen, so it's not that crazy, you know, just kind of, and so I just, I just, I just grab her, and I, I pick her up, I throw over my shoulder, and, and, but right before I picked her up, we hear this ding, 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 and realize we're in a trolley crossing. So she yells, I yell, I scoop her up run across the street, I set her down, she's bleeding, and the first thing she says is, do you think anybody saw that? And I'm like, babe, that's gonna go viral in like two seconds. Like that's, there's hundreds, thousands of people in Calgary that are all giggling at these silly Americans that crossed at the wrong place, almost got hit by a trolley, it's all good. 
But, but I do think sometimes we live our lives like that. It's like, whoa, people are watching? Oh, some, so somebody actually took notice. And, and I just want to tell you this, that the world is watching. We work in Iraq. And for the last few years, it's been shocking to hear some of these stories because as we go there and we all have heard of ISIS and some of the terrible things that took place there, and what's happening is they're watching. And, and as Muslims, they're seeing people fulfill the Quran in this terrible way, and it's killing their people. So they're seeing that, and then an organization like ours that you support and make possible try to come in and help and show love and give food and take care of refugees and love on them and start sewing projects and all these kind of things. And for the first time in thousands of years, we've got this window because they've seen the fulfillment of Islam, and then they see Christians just try to come in and love on them. And because they're watching, they're seeing the difference. We're going to show them love. We're, we're, gonna, we're not asking for anything in return. We just want to give them an opportunity for their life to be changed. And there's so many neat stories that have happened. I'll, I'll tell them to you throughout the day today, but I just want you to know that, that in, in, in under the, the lens of the reality that it's our time to be the, tur- the church, the torch has been passed. Jesus did what Jesus did, and the disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit and started freaking people out and changing the world, and now, generations later, it's us. And we got to live like that. And I understand this is a church that you're ascending church, and you've got opportunities today to sign up and go on a missions trip, and you have to do it. Hopefully, as we talk, it'll make more and more sense on why, but that's the reality is the world is watching and waiting. So let's, let's get in the Word a little bit. We'll try to, don't take my word for it. We'll just prove it with the Bible real quick, but... You understand. So I just need you to turn with me to Matthew. And we're going to dive in here. This is one of my favorite verses of all time. Matthew 16, 13. And Molly and I in Tulsa go to a church called Guts. I was on staff there for 15 years. And it simply, it stands for nothing. It just, it's simply what it takes to live for Jesus. If you come up with a great acronym, text us after this. We'll, we'll implement it. But I mean, it means nothing. It's just, it takes guts to live for Jesus, period. Let's just live for God and change the world. That's what I say. And this is kind of a core scripture for our church, and I want to I share it with you, and I know you know this verse. 16, 13 in Matthew, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's doing all this amazing stuff, and it's like, man, who are, what are people saying about it? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, good guess. Some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah. Then he said, but who do you say that I am? Just bone crushing. And I just, just, I mean, we've got people on staff here. We've got church folks here. Some of you, it's your first time here. But I think that's the, the reality is, who do you say that Jesus is? We've got to answer that for yourself. And what's cool is Peter, Pete, Pete, you, know, you know Peter, rough and rowdy, arm wrestling. I, he got a hairy back, I would imagine. Just, just Peter stuff, right? Peter out of nowhere. He said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God, which is a mouthful for an uneducated fisherman. He basically just like trumps every piece of theology ever, just sticks it to him. And here's what's cool. Jesus responds, you are blessed, which I think means I'm shocked. Peter, you just blew my mind. I didn't think you had it in you, but man, great job. 
because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from a human. Now I say that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the power of hell cannot, will not conquer it. So what that means is we're tougher than hell. Turn to somebody real quick and say, I'm tougher than hell. That's how we roll. If the gates of hell cannot conquer us, then that makes us tougher than hell. That's how we roll today, people. Come on. We're either going to praise God or fist fight. I'm great with either one. I came prepared for both. So I'm just saying, Ted's with me. It's all good. Uh, what if we just have this mindset? Man, I already know that we win. That's what's great about Jesus. He did what he was going to do. He did anything that needed to happen in the future. And now every daggum day we win. And that's how we get to live as the church right here, right now. Some of our friends in China are, are facing some of the worst persecution they've ever experienced in the last 50 years. Unbelievable regimes have come in and out, and right now today is some of the worst that they've ever experienced. Right now, if, if a landlord simply leases a building and it is found out that it's for a church gathering, they can be fined between $5,000 and $250,000 to shut them down economically for helping the church. We've got a friend on our last trip that was a teacher. They found out she was a Christian and removed her as a teacher to stifle the education of the next generation. One of our staff members was raided at his home in the middle of the night on purpose, scare tactic, they busted in the front door and with his children sleeping in the same room, removed him, took him to jail, didn't give a reason, just said, we've heard that you might be a Christian, and then he was able to leave the next day. It happened three times. The churches had to go. They, they meet in small groups anyways. Largest churches, a lot of times, are about 70 people in a home and had to go down to groups of 10, which is an interesting idea because what he communicated back to us is, now that we've taken our group from 70 down to 10, we had seven groups, now we have 10 church, the, the, ten groups. The church is growing in the midst of the persecution. We've got a Bible training curriculum. Golly, over 10,000 people are going through it so that they can be trained in their homes and become leaders so that then they can start house churches. They don't have to leave the country. They don't have to go. We're taking it right to them. We've got these audio books. We recorded this entire, it, it, it would take three years to go through it. And we've got it in this audio curriculum, and now we're giving it to people. This last distribution went to 2,000 people, and what they kept saying is it's groups of 10 and 12. Everybody that got one now has a group of 10 or 12 that are going through it with them. The math is fun, right? Golly, so it started with 2,000. Now there's 20,000 people going through it, sharing these devices, and then they give it to another person to start another group. We're the church. We've got to make sure we're acting like it, man. Our, our, our brothers, our sisters are going through it. Here's what's amazing, that, that term Peter. He said, you're the rock. If you, if you dig into it just a little bit, it actually means that it's a fragment of a rock. Man, I like that. Man, you might not feel like this big, bolsterous rock today, but I, I bet you could relate to being a fragment. I, I could at least be a fragment. And so what I, what I think is amazing, though, is now us as the church, we get to say, okay, here's the role I get to play. Man, God's got something for you. And what's amazing is, a couple verses later, Jesus calls Peter Satan and says to get behind him. So Peter didn't have it all figured out yet. He has a little bit of a fragment mentality still. But he understood he was the Messiah and the Son of the living God. And because of that, we can build the church off of that. 
I got to keep moving. This, this is good stuff right here. Hey, so, so number one, it's your time, okay? You're the church. And I'm, I'm telling you, be the fragment that you are, but when we all start coming together, now we can be something that the world has to take notice of. Okay, number two, you got to man your post. If you're going to say, okay, listen, I'm in, I'll be the church. But I, I got to man my post in that role because the world is watching and the world needs what we have. Let's go to Nehemiah 4. It's one of my, again, I'm just hitting you with my favorites today, okay? But if you don't know the story of Nehemiah, man, dive into it. He's a cupbearer for the king, realizes that, that his family and his heritage is at stake. The walls have come down, and he's going to go help rebuild the walls to protect his people. Okay, that's the 10-second version. And in the midst of rebuilding, and I don't know where you might be personally today, you might be rebuilding something in your life, or you might be building something great. Either way, a lot of us, a lot of the times, are building something. It's a rebuild, it's a new build, whatever it is. We've got to continually be taking ground. And it says that they catch a little drama from the local people. They realize that the walls are down. They realize that they're susceptible. Let me, let me just show you what it says. It says, our enemies in the midst of the rebuilding, they said they won't know or see us until we're among them. And then we're going to kill them and put a stop to their work. That's what their enemies said. Then the Jews who lived near said, from every place you turn, they're going to come up against us. Then the leaders said, from every place, they're going to come up against us as well. So, so, so the leaders said it couldn't be done. Their enemies said they're going to kill them. And then even their local buddies are like, man, we don't have a chance. So, so I don't know if you ever feel like, it's like, man, it's coming from every direction. Man, they're, they're trying to get us today, okay? I don't know if you, if you feel like that, but look how Nehemiah responds in verse 13. It says, I stationed our men behind the wall in the lowest places at the open positions where it was the least protected. And I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. And when I saw their fear, I stood and I said to the rest of the people, don't be afraid, confidently. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome and with courage from him. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So Nehemiah, Nehemiah gets crazy here. There's openings in the wall, so he stuck a man in there. I need, Ted, Ted, can you help me out real quick? I've known Ted since I was born. That, that'd be helpful. Couple, couple, can, can you help me, fellas, Sean, real quick? And what's, your, what's the worst? Uh, uh, Lance, yeah. Come up on the stage, fellas. Hustle up. Let's go. Look at these. You guys want to clap for some stallions of the house? Yeah, I mean, just, okay. Okay. So, so Nehemiah, the people are trying to get him, right? Enemies are attacking. His own people don't think that they can defend themselves. So he starts just grabbing fellas. It, Listen, you got to be a fella if you want to build a church, okay? So yeah. it's all good. And then, then you need some ladies, all of us, okay, we got a place. Molly's staring at me like I said it wrong. We need all of us, okay? There's my girls, okay? I have daughters, okay? It's all good, okay? <laughs> so he puts men in the, the weak spots, the vulnerable places. And then he goes to the next level, and it says he put their families behind them. So now guess what? I know Ted. I know you guys a little bit, okay? Great job this morning. The, the, the voice of a mockingbird, just amazing, okay? Songbird of our generation, right here, people, okay? But you got these guys filling the gap, and then they've got their families behind them. So now all the motivation they will ever need is right there. I'm just telling you, these little girls sitting on the front row, if it means you got to get through me to get to them, pack a lunch, 
Not today, not ever. And you feel the same way. Is that right? Someone's going to try to get the G-man? Not a chance. I'll tell you. No. Okay, so we got to understand what we're standing for as the church. There's people trying to get to our, the people that haven't even become Christians yet, guess what? The world's trying to get to them. Stand your post. Man, there's people on the other side of the world that we're going to give to that need us to give. There's people that you need to get on a trip in this house so that you can stand your post and protect them because they can't protect themselves. Man, this is what it means to be the church. And here's the the thing. Sometimes it feels like we're standing, and we interpret it like you're stalling. Stop it. This is the most important thing you're ever going to do is stand your post. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm 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 not stifled. I'm not stopped. What you're doing is stewarding what God's given you. Man, some of you got a job right now, and you got to steward your job, and if you will, that's your post. People are going to come into the kingdom, and you're going to get a raise. But we're just, we're, we're trying to find the next thing. What, what, if, what if Sean just thought, well, I'm just kind of looking for the next thing? Man, that, that post was great, but there, there might be, what if there's a high, whoa, 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 stop it. Now we're susceptible again. Man, Sean, get back in your post. You know what I'm saying? Come on, dog. This, this is how we got to live, okay? Give these guys a hand. Thanks, fellas. I'm proud of you. Great job. Don't let your standing be confused for stalling. You being in a station doesn't mean you're stuck. I'm I'm just going to ask you today, I'm going to ask us as the church to stay our post. We smuggle Bibles into Iran, and because of the giving of this church, and there's there's a number of churches in America that help facilitate, but, man, you guys have been so faithful and consistent. We've smuggled over 120,000 Bibles into the country of Iran. Pretty cool. And then what happens is these communities get built up. And a lot of them don't even know that other people are Christians. We, we flew 50 pastors from Iran into Turkey this last year. And then we spent three days all day just pouring into them and encouraging them and telling them how proud we are of them and preach. I mean, and then at night we'd play ping pong. And I'm just telling you, you're looking at the champion of Iran ping pong just representing for America. Shirts off just getting after it. It was great, okay? So... But, but I'm, I'm just telling you, they're, they're standing there post. So let's just make sure we're doing our part in that. Here's what's interesting. At one point, two years ago, the group was in a compound about to go in and smuggle the Bibles, and it got bombed. A few people died, a few people were injured, and, and the leader of that group called us, all banged up, the day after. And we're checking on him, man, are you good? Are you okay? And he said, I have one thing to say on this call. The roads are still open. We must go. And I, I, just, I just hope that as a, as a church, man, I, and I, that's what I love about Pastor Adam and Jamie. I believe that you're part of a gritty, tough church. Man, the gates of hell can't prevail. That's who you are. And if, if you're new here, I want to encourage you, man, you've got to be planted in this house. It's going to give you the fortitude that you need to be who you were born to be so that we can actually go and impact the people that you're called to impact. Because I believe there's certain people that only you can reach as a church and as individuals. There's, there's people you're going to run into at the Chicken Express after this that you have an anointing or a certain skill set to reach them, and you got to do it. That's going to be your role. That's going to be your responsibility as a part of this house to man your post and do that. Number three. 
you got to carry your cross. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I get 30 minutes with you. I'm just going to hit you with a, with a couple big ones here, okay? So it's our time. Man your post and then carry your cross. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a little revelation I had in the Word. It's in Mark 15 if you want to turn there. This is kind of an epic moment in, in history. And I just, I just love this passage so much. And I, the Word is so cool because anything that you're thinking or dealing with, the Word's got something for you. And in Mark 15, it says the soldiers led Jesus away into the palace. This is, Jesus has been on trial. Garden of Gethsemane's already happened. He, he's in the, in the court. They're finding an innocent man guilty, and, and, and all this stuff is about to start to transpire. And it says they called together the entire Roman battalion of 600 soldiers to see the the. the procession of this innocent man because they could tell it's significant. They dressed him up in a ranking Roman officer's robe of purple. They placed it on him. They began saluting and mocking him. Hail the king of the Jews. They kept beating him on the head and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing in mock homage to Jesus. After they mocked him, they took off the robe and they put his own clothes on him and they led him out of the city to crucify him. It's the moment we're talking about. And then in verse 21, look what happens. It says, they forced into service a passerby coming in from the countryside. Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Due to the beatings that Jesus had suffered, whipped by the cat of nine tails 39 times, smacked around, beard pulled, because of all that, it was becoming physically impossible for him to get the cross up the hill. So they grab a guy. I picture a big old fella. We used to do the promise at our church. This, this big old guy named Mike was the guy. and I just picture them grabbing a big guy so he could actually get the cross up the hill. And, and they said they pull him in, and so now he's got to carry the cross of Jesus. But what's interesting is it says that his sons are with him. So a little takeaway for you here is I need you to trust the moment. Because I got a feeling it didn't feel like he was at the right place at the right time when they grabbed him and made him get under the cross. But it said that Rufus and Alexander were with him. And what's amazing is I read a commentary and it said this is the same Rufus and Alexander referred to later in the Bible as great men of God. So now the picture became very clear. They grabbed their dad and put him under the cross. And now the same beating and whipping that was intended for Jesus, his dad's right there in the proximity of it. People are spitting on Jesus, and guess who else is getting spit on? Their dad. So now I've got a very different picture because I've got my little girls in here this morning. And I just got to think, what are those boys thinking when they get up to the hill at the, at the top of this thing? I think that I know what was going to happen to Jesus, but now what's going to happen to my dad? And you've got this moment in history that's taking place. And I just want you to think about this because sometimes the proximity to Jesus is the very thing that makes us pick up our cross. Man, I need you to get close to God. If we're really going to be the church and if we're really going to have the strength 
to stand our post and to actually carry the cross, the very thing that looks the most dangerous, the very thing that might be the most inconvenient, might be the very thing that changes your family. It changed the legacy. It changed the trajectory of that home. Two boys saw their dad carry the cross of Jesus, and they did it the rest of their lives. And I got to give my dad credit because he's in here today. Carried his cross. And I just want you guys to think for a minute. Just, just take a deep breath. Man, what's God calling you to do? Because I got a feeling if you'll simply do that, there's a whole lot of people in the world that are going to follow your example and are going to pick up their cross and do the same thing. All I can hope is these little girls are going to carry their cross every day and love Jesus with their whole heart because, man, we're giving it our best shot. So today, I just, just a little call to action. At some point, it's got to come down to you because then we all get to make up this body that is the most powerful thing on the planet. We get to be the church. But at some point, you got to say, I'm going I'm to recognize that it's my time, and I'm going to recognize that I do have a role to play, and I've got to stand my post. And then I need you to think about what it looks like for you to carry your cross. And, and I just think about the opportunities that this church presents on a weekly basis. Man, it might be carrying your cross initially might be serving out front and welcoming people. Man, it might be saying, I'm going to commit to the tithe with my whole heart because I know that's something God asks us to do, and there's a blessing on the backside of it. It might very well be getting up out of your seat after this and signing up for a mission trip because you recognize that the world's watching and waiting for somebody like you. But what are you going to do on, a, on the daily? Man, God's speaking to you, and he's got a plan for you because he loves you because it's your dad. But, man, we've each got to take responsibility and own this moment. This is our time on this planet. I say we do something unbelievable and impact the world for Jesus. Amen.